Yeah, so I'm not a professional poker player. Uh, so I don't have any harrowing stories of $75,000 on the line, but I've been known to play the game, and uh, everything I know about the game I learned from my stepdad. I actually grew up watching him play poker. I would go with him to um, illegal home games, and uh, when I was old enough, I'd go with him to the casino, and I'd sit behind him and uh, follow along, and he'd kind of slyly show me his cards, and I'd try and keep a stone-cold face because I didn't want to give him away, because if I did, he probably wouldn't invite me back again. Um, and then at the end of the night, we'd be driving home and we'd talk about the hands and we'd talk about why he played the way he did. And uh, you know, one of the things he taught me about poker is that to some extent, poker is a game of statistics. You can actually calculate the odds for your hand if you're really good at math. Um, but poker is also most definitely a game of taking chances. And sometimes it means that you might have to take chances against those odds. Um, one of the best hands you can get in poker is when you're dealt two aces, and uh, those are called pocket rockets. My stepdad, he hated that hand. He absolutely hated that hand. And he taught me, you know, don't be afraid to fold those pocket aces if it doesn't feel right. If there's just a gut instinct telling you, you know, this isn't gonna work out, don't be afraid to fold it, even though the odds are saying, go all in. Don't be afraid to put that hand down because there's always the next hand that you can play. Um, you know, playing poker and talking about poker with my stepdad is some of my favorite memories. Um, second tournament I ever entered at a casino, I made it to the final table, and uh, I think he was probably more nervous than I was. Um, but I ended up walking away winning that tournament, and uh, um, I think he was pretty proud of me. Um, in March 2009, I was on my way to work, and I happened to look at my cell phone and saw that I'd missed uh, several phone calls from my sisters. And uh, you know that feeling at that point, you see all these missed calls very early in the morning, you know something's wrong. Um, so I called up my sister and uh, she informed me that my stepdad was having a heart attack. Um, the next 30 minutes were the longest of my life as I you know, played phone tag with my sisters back and forth getting updates on um, how he was doing and losing hope with each phone call. And then I got the final phone call, Stephanie, he's gone. And uh, what happened next was what you see in the movies all the time. I, I actually fell to my knees uh, in my office and I, I actually screamed and I yelled into the phone and I yelled at my sister to go tell the doctors, don't stop, why are they stopping? Go and tell them they need to keep trying. And she just said, Stephanie, I watched them, he's gone. He was 56 years old and uh, he'd suffered a massive heart attack. Um, probably the most devastating event in my life. Um, Anyway, uh, after the funeral, I um, took the requisite one week off of work, and um, then I continued my life as normal. Um, my partner and I, we'd just bought a house, and so I threw myself into that. Um, I threw myself into my work, and I really started to carve a nice career path for myself as a faculty member at a liberal arts school. Um, two years after my stepdad's passing, I was invited to be a faculty speaker at a student retreat on the theme vocation. And uh, one of my colleagues actually said something to the students that hit home for me. He said, don't continue down a storyline just because that's the story you've been writing your whole life. Don't be afraid to start a new story. And I swear to you, it was this sudden realization. It just hit me that I was unhappy with my life. I was unhappy with the direction that I was heading. Somewhere along the way, I had stopped doing all the things I loved, being outdoors, hunting, fishing, and all these other things that I could relate back to my stepdad's influence on my life. 
and I wasn't happy with my job. You know, I loved teaching, but there were aspects of it that just weren't cutting it for me. And I was unhappy in my relationship. And I know you're asking yourself, how do you get to that point where you're so unhappy with so many aspects of your life? And the only answer I can give you is that's what I've been doing my whole life. That's the, the path that I had been on. That's what I'd been working for for the last 11 years. I hadn't considered anything but this. Um, and to many people, I had the pocket rockets, the pocket aces of life. You know, I had a long-term partner. We were both very successful. I had a PhD. Um, uh, you know, we just bought this house, and uh, and I just actually accepted a, a rare, tough-to-get tenure-track position at a great liberal arts school um, on the East Coast, and we were preparing to move across the country and you know make that next step in our lives. Um, and the thought of giving all that up, everything that I'd worked for, the thought of folding that hand seemed absolutely impossible, just daunting. How do you turn your back on everything you've worked for for 11 years? And, uh, and I honestly, I thought of my stepdad, um, 56 years old. That's, that's not very old. Um, life is too short, you know? So one week after that retreat, I actually walked out of that relationship. Um, to the shock of my friends and family, and I embarked on the most difficult eight months of my entire life. Um, in the next four months, I would live in four different places, and I incurred some tremendous debt because of that, but I was doing things that I loved, and I was rediscovering myself. Um, I was thinking about what I wanted to do for a career at this point. Uh, you know, I was thinking, I really want to work in fisheries. I have a strong interest in that. I want to work on Native American resource issues. And these are things that I had kind of been thinking about but really hadn't considered, again, because I'd been on that path for so long. And then some friends convinced me to come visit Alaska before moving out to the East Coast. So I arrive in Alaska, and those of you that are transplants here like me, you know what it's like. You fell in love with this place as soon as you stepped off that plane. You know, I, I had an amazing time here. I saw Denali, I saw belugas, I went on great hikes, I picked blueberries, I had the most amazing breakfast of my life at Snow City Cafe. Um, and, and I talked to people about job prospects here, and we talked about fisheries, and we talked about subsistence cultures, and we talked about fighting pebble mine, and these are all things that I was really passionate about, but hadn't really considered a possibility. Um, and you know, uh, at the end of that trip, I knew that someday I wanted to come back to Alaska. Someday I would be back here. Um, two days after my trip to Alaska, I packed up everything and I moved across the country to start my new tenure track job. And the whole way, the three day drive, I just felt like I was driving farther and farther away from my dream. And I actually arrived in Maine and did not want to unpack my truck. Um, but I prepared for the first week of classes. And two weeks into my brand new job, um, I looked online and saw this job in Alaska, working in fisheries, uh, working in a remote Yupik village on the uh, Yukon River. And it was, that's what I was looking for. And again, how do you give up this great, amazing job that many of your friends and colleagues would love to have to move to Alaska? Um, one month after accepting that job, I told my dean, marched into her office, told her that um, I'd be leaving at the end of the semester. And um, at the end of the semester, packed everything up, moved to Alaska. And, uh, you know, I guess just to wrap things up, um, I love my life here. Uh, I can't imagine living anywhere else. And I love my job, and I've met some incredible people. And you know what? I folded the pocket aces, and I played a new hand. And that new hand was Alaska, and it won me the jackpot.